0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. My name is Ernest Wamboye, and we are continuing with our series on the Ten Commandments, also known as the Decalogue. And we have finished the first set of the Ten Commandments, and the first set is Commandment number one to number four, and these commandments are... Primarily or directly between God and humanity, they talk about the relationship that God has to have, God has with humanity, or humanity ought to have with God, and what God requires of us as human beings. The second half, or rather the second part, it's not really a half because the first one has got four commands, the next one has got six. The second part has got the relationship uh, between human beings, interhuman relationships, and we're gonna look at the next command so uh, i hope you've been following the series i hope you've loved it i hope you're sharing with your friends and with your family i hope you're understanding why god gave this decalogue to the children of israel we know the context of all this they came from egypt And they didn't go through the short way to the promised land that is through Philistia and through the land of the Philistines. Instead, God took them the long way and they went through the desert and they went through the path of the... The, the Sinai desert, and there they had God speak to them the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue from Mount Sinai. And it is not Moses who had these Ten Commandments that came and told the children of Israel. No, rather, he was at the bottom of the mountain uh, with all the children of Israel, all two million plus of them, and all. All of them had the Ten Commandments. You know, when you read the New Testament, the words of Jesus are written in red. And when you see the words in red, you know that Jesus is speaking. If you could have the Old Testament color the words that God spoke, um, you would be surprised that the Ten Commandments, that is Exodus 20 from verse 2, all the way to verse 17, would be colored. They'd be colored red as well. Okay? Uh, and many times when you have a Bible that has got Jesus' words in red, it almost just makes you very conscious, huh? it makes you very alert that, hey, the Son of God is speaking. God is speaking. Uh, the Creator of heaven and earth is speaking. And uh, perhaps we need a Bible um, <laughs> that could do the same with the uh, words of God in the Old Testament. It would highlight them. And by highlighting them in a different color, you'd be surprised that when you read the Ten Commandments from verse from Exodus 20, you'd be surprised that verse 2 to 17 would be colored. It wasn't Moses saying this command. It was the Lord speaking these commandments. And he gave them to the people. And the people were overwhelmed when they heard God speak. They said, hey, Moses, it's too much. It's too much. Just tell him to speak to you. We are overcome. It is too much. (laughs) And so that's how we had the Ten Commandments. So we looked at the first, second, third, and fourth. And today, we're looking at the fifth command. The fifth command says this. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, it's interesting that this is the only command with a promise. Uh, that's what many people say. You know, they say if you realize. Uh, um, This is the only command that almost has a promise attached to it. That if you do this, you know, this will happen. If you do this, this is what will happen. If you do this, um, you will get this good, 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 good repercussion. Uh, This good result, rather. Repercussion is often used in the negative sense. And so what is the command? Honor. Honor your father and your mother the lord gives this children gives the command to the children of israel and by extension to us as believers and the lord is recognizing that the family is the place where children are brought up reared and set out into the world it is the nuclear family that is at the center of all this God loves the nuclear family. We know this because even when the Lord was giving the promises to the children of Israel through their patriarchs, he was concerned about the behaviors of the family. He wanted the family institutions to stand. God was concerned about the, the, the institution of the family to the point that he even gave laws and commands and instructions that were for the preservation of the nuclear family. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 17, God said, do not multiply wives because when you multiply wives you work against the nuclear family and the nuclear family consists of one father, one mother and children that's why he gave that commandment to speak against polygamy Deuteronomy 17.17 when the Lord um um passed on the blessings from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, you realized he was keen concerning the families that would walk in the ways of the Lord. When you look at the genealogies that are written in the Bible, what's that all about? That's all about families. When Jesus Christ came into this world, Jesus Christ was born in a family that had one father, one mother. The family is God's centerpiece for discipleship. The family is God's centerpiece for the Pro, 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 propagation of spiritual, uh, the spiritual batons that is handed from generation to generation. It is Joshua who said, As for me and my family, we shall serve the Lord. Families are important, and you find that when the Lord gave the commands to the children of Israel, when you read the book of Deuteronomy, he told the fathers and the mothers, Teach these things to your children, why? So that they can go down in families. Families are important. God loves families. God will use families. God, God, God's God's role is to pro- 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 propagate, and promulgate spiritual batons through families. In fact, when you look at the New Testament, it is not um, families are not. Uh, they're not a strange thing. Um, the Bible says that people like Cornelius and his entire family were baptized and they were saved. You know, you find an entire family coming to Christ. When the jailer um, had the gospel from Paul and Silas, it says he and his entire family were saved and were baptized. You know, you have entire families coming to Christ. You find that when um, Jesus Christ called the disciples, some of them came from families. James and and John, sons of Zebedee, Peter and Andrew, you know, they were family men. Peter was married. He was a family man. God loves families. And in families, he requires there to be some sort of order, for there to be some sort of submission, especially from children to their parents. And this command is to the children. Children, honor your father and your mother. Now, this command is simply given by virtue of you having a father and a mother now the assumption here is that if you come from a stable family or a functional family let me not use the word stable let me say functional because um you may have a functional family but it's not stable where there is a biological father and a biological mother god says you must honor them honor them by mere reason of them be your biological parents God requires us to honor those who brought us into this world. God requires us to give them honor, to give them respect. God requires us to give them love and affection. God requires us to give it to them. Now, many people struggle with this command because they say, Well, Ernest, you don't understand. My father is a dishonorable man. And my father does not deserve my honor. And my father does not deserve to be esteemed by me. Now, it's interesting because um, the command to honor your father and your mother is not an optional command. It does not say, honor your father on account of his honorability. Honor your mother... Because she's a really awesome person. He just says, honor your father and mother, period. In fact, it's Paul the Apostle who said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, that this is the first commandment of the promise. So it was not even just most people who say that as they had insinuated the beginning. It is scripture that affirms that this is the first commandment of the promise. Okay? There is a promise attached to it. And that promise is dependent on you fulfilling your part of honoring them. And honoring your parents is not contingent of them being worthy of honor. It's contingent on them being your parents. Think about the office of the president. The president of the land may not be your favorite person. He may not be in your favorite political party. He may not be someone who holds position or liking in your mind, but what does the law of the land require you to do? If the president walks into a room, we all stand up. We recognize his presence. We give him due respect. We observe the necessary protocol. The constitution of the land governs the kind of authority that the president has and Once a president comes into power, everybody recognizes that authority, even those who did not vote for him. They have no option. You may not like the person, but you are compelled to submit to the office. Guys, you must understand. You may not like your parents, but the scripture is your constitution, and it compels you to submit to the title of father and mother. They are your biological parents. Your father may be a drunkard, he may be a drug dealer, he may be a pimp. Your mom may be a prostitute, she may be the worst kind of person. She may be one who is out to destroy you, to bring you down. But you must understand, at the end of the day, she is your mother. Now, it's interesting that God pegs this command with a promise to human beings. Human beings who have fallen. And you must understand that not everything... In the economy of god works to our best or to, or, to, or to our best liking for example in the book of romans chapter 13 we are told to submit to governing authorities and that time as paul is writing this submit to governing authorities the person at the helm of authority is caesar nero who is killing christians so why in the world are we being told to submit to him? It's because even Caesar Nero has got a position that God honors. The position of the leader of the land. And there's a position of power. And of course, God can bring them down. God, God, God. God is the one who brings down kings, he raises kings, and he says, Honor the king. And the Christians of that time did not start saying, Oh, but it's Nero. No, the command was to honor the king. Guys honor your father honor your mother give them honor by saying honor them it means that one you must respect them how do you speak about your parents how do you treat your parents how do you recognize your parents do you recognize them on special occasions their birthdays do you recognize them do you give them gifts you show them affection or do you believe that since they are the parents they are the ones to give you affection you know one of my favorite teachers uh, dr timothy keller once said that parenting is by far one of the most thankless jobs and you really don't get to understand that until you become a parent and I'm a parent. Um, I've got two girls, Tandiwe and Ivana. And I see how children can be thankless. You have to remind children. Say thank you. Hey, um, you have to remember, remind children. Hey, we are talking. <laughs> you have to remind children. Children, uh, obey. Children, do this. And yet they're just children. And many times when you don't curtail that in parenting, when they're small, they grow up to be little monsters and it's uglier. Now, many times, you may even curtail that through discipline, but they grow up, they get a mind of their own. And when they get the mind of their own, you realize that uh, they honor you, but they don't necessarily have to obey you because in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, children are first commanded to obey their parents. All right? But when a child gets older, you realize they have their own will and they don't necessarily have to um, listen to everything you have to say. So they can honor you, but they don't have to obey you. And so, when you realize that parents have done so much for you, guys, you extend gratitude. I'll tell you this your parents may be horrible people, your dad may not have been a good dad, your mom may not have been a good mom, but I'll tell you this for the mere fact that they did not abort you, you are alive. They did not try to kill you. And if they did, they failed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they failed and you're alive and you're listening to this it is God's providence they allowed the process to go through guys you owe them you owe them um, you can have father wounds and mother wounds that can go deep and can put you in a place where you hate your parents you dishonor your parents you are contemptuous towards them and guys when we dishonor our parents do you know what is curtailed our life here on earth if you read the commandment to the promise it says do this honor your parents that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth and that is from uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse verse I believe it it's, it's verse three. Now it's interesting because um, it just says in, in in Exodus chapter twenty, verse twelve, honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land that the Lord is giving you. That's all it says. So that you may live long. All right, you may live long. You may have a long life. But when you read what Paul the apostle says in Ephesians chapter six, verse three, it's not just for you to go long. He he actually teaches on the command that says that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life the promise is not just to have long life because you could have long life and you could have a miserable life. You could live to the age of 110 and have a long, horrible life. But it's long life and a life that goes well with you. Do you honor your parents? Do you honor their counsel? Do you honor their position in your life? Do you honor them by being grateful for what they've done to you? Do you honor them by recognizing their sacrifices for you? Do you honor them by realizing that some of them may have failed you, but they didn't fail you knowingly. They failed you because they too came from homes where they were failed, and they did their best despite them failing you. Do you honor them by recognizing that your parents... have done so much for you more than you can remember there's some things i do for my kids they don't even know they have no idea and i beg to think that my own parents have done so many things for me they don't even tell me and yet when i succeed and when i go ahead in life i realize that hey you know i made it i don't understand that something was done in the background honor your parents god watches when you honor your parents and your life is dependent on it, your livelihood. Your let livelihood. me go well with you. Now, let me tell you when you don't honor your parents. Um, it doesn't go well with you. You can carry bitterness and resentment for so long. And if you don't deal with the anger, and the bitterness and the resentment you have towards your parents, it will affect who you marry. It will affect how you marry. And even if you do marry well, it will affect how you behave in marriage. You'll find yourself repeating the same mistakes you'll find yourself angry you'll find yourself developing virtues out of bitterness not out of righteousness you will say my dad did that i will never do that and so out of anger and bitterness you decide to take a moral path but if you take a moral path out of bitterness and not out of righteousness guys it is not a virtue it is just bitterness <laughs> that's it It's nothing. there's nothing awesome about it it's just bitterness and this is what will happen is that with time that bitterness will ex- explode or that bitterness will expose um, the hypocrisy that bitterness will show that uh, your moral rectitude is based on anger and hatred it's not based on love and affection and God will pull the mask on that at times, it's good that God pulls our masks down for us to really see that many a times we dishonor our parents and we choose moral paths because we think we are better than them. And yet, God is telling us, honor them. Period. Honor them. Give them their due regard. Part of honoring your parents would mean to even forgive your parents. Some of your parents have done things that have hurt you. They have done things that have brought you down. They've done things that you think are unforgivable. But I'll tell you this, by virtue of being in the kingdom of God, we understand that, first of all, one, we're all children of God. We all have an ultimate parent, our father in heaven. And because of that, even your dad, even your mom, is a child. (laughs) Before the King of Kings. Now, uh, they only qualify to be a child of God if they are born again, if they've accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and they've received it and they have repented and turned to Him for salvation. If they've not done that, uh, they're not a child of God, they're an enemy of God. Okay? Um, and they're doomed to go to hell. But if they've repented, then they are a child of God. And you must understand this if you are a believer and your parent is a believer, in the eyes of God, you're both His children. God does not have grandchildren, and when you look at it like that, you understand that especially if you have kids, that when you see two kids fighting, what is the first thing that you do? You bring them, you bring them together to reconcile. When my daughters have an argument, my ultimate concern is first of all justice, you know, that justice is done, but also reconciliation. If we desire that our children reconcile. As parents, how much more do you think God, our father, our ultimate parent, desires reconciliation between his two children, you and your dad, you and your mom? You must forgive. You must forgive as Christ forgive you. You must forgive as God in Christ forgive you, overlook your sins, overlook your offenses, and let them go. You must forgive. And by forgiving, you honor your mother and father, and you also honor the Lord, the ultimate father. If you don't do this, you'll realize that your relationship with God will also be affected because the pain that you carry from your father and your mother can be transferred to the other authority, the spiritual authority of your life, which is your father in heaven. What a waste of time it will be. And what a waste of time it is to be angry and bitter at parents. What a waste of time it is to be angry and bitter not just at parents, but also towards God. The fact it's foolish to be angry and bitter towards God. It's ultimate foolishness. It's 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 a it's a trademark quality of immaturity that we are spiritually immature and incapable of discerning that the holiness of God has no sin. When we are angry at God, when we are uh when we are are bitter towards God it is a trademark of our foolishness and our immaturity because we are we are incapable to discern that a holy righteous God who sent his son to die on the cross is incapable of human weakness in fact it is our human weakness that is on the display but many of that comes because we don't honor our parents and so it takes humility on our end as well have you honored your parents there's a blessing of long life that God wants to give and he wants to give it freely He wants to give it to you. There's a promise of long life that is awaiting all those who do this. What an honor it is to live long in this earth and not just to live long, but to live well. That God cares about our life here on earth. Guys, there's this Bible verse. I believe it is in um, Proverbs 17. It says, a foolish son is a grief and anguish to his father. And bitterness to the one who gave him birth, sorrow to his mother. Proverbs seventeen twenty-five. Another way we dishonor our parents is when we live foolish lives. We dishonor our parents when we go against the word of God. Like in Proverbs seventeen twenty-five, our foolishness can bring grief to our fathers, and it can bring bitterness to our mothers. It can bring deep sorrow to our mothers. When we deviate from the teachings of the Lord, when we deviate from the teachings that our parents put in our hearts, when we deviate from righteousness, when we live sexually immoral lives, we dishonor our parents. When we get into drugs and substance abuse, we dishonor our parents. When we don't fulfill the commitment we made, the vows we made at the altar, when we got married, We dishonor our parents. When we treat our spouses wrongly, not only do we dishonor our parents-in-law, we also dishonor our own parents because we bring shame to them. And by the way, the moment you get married, you become one with your spouse and their parents become your parents. And so one of the ways in which you dishonor parents because their parents become your parents is by treating their child badly. When you treat your spouse badly, when you lie about them, manipulate them, when you act with all that narcissism, and when you are hellbent on having things just run your way and you treat your partner badly, guys, you dishonor your parents. And it is your life on earth that is curtailed. It is your life on earth that is cut short. Guys, do you honor your parents? When we live a life that is contrary to God's will, we dishonor our parents. Recently, I was watching Dr. Phil and there was a man who um, dishonored his dad by you know, saying he was a transgender. So he had a sex change and he transitioned from being a male to a female. It is dishonor to the parents. It is first of all a dishonor to biology. It is a dishonor to nature. It is a dishonor to the natural way of life. It is a dishonor to the God who created you. But it's also a dishonor to the dad. The dad cried in that interview. He cried. He really, really cried. He really, really cried, and um, he was being told, "Why don't you just accept your son? Why don't you just, um, why don't you just accept him as he is?" But he said, "No. But my son is wrong. My son, my son is wrong on this matter." We live in a world where we don't believe that <laughs> the whole idea of individuals being wrong is even possible. We believe, "I want it. I got it." I'll have it. It's my will, my choice. Don't tell me I'm wrong because if you tell me I'm wrong, you're a bigot, you're backward. Guys, this is what the Bible says in Second Timothy chapter 3. There'll be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness by denying his power, having nothing to do with them. It. It's interesting that when Paul is writing this doomsday list, um, he mentions among the top characteristics of the terrible times, of the last days disobedient parents. If we dishonor parents, we don't honor them, we don't hold them in high regard. Guys, your parents are going to get old and if all factors remain constant, your parents won't bury you. If all factors remain constant, you will bury your parents. Prior to you burying them, they're going to be aged if all factors remain constant and they're alive and they're going to need someone to take care of them. Are you going to neglect them in their old age? Are you going to walk with them? Are you going to take care of them? Are you going to check up on them? Are you going to ensure that their last days are on earth? are honorable or are you going to be too consumed building your own empire are you going to be too consumed chasing things that don't matter honor your parents visit your parents some of you have not visited your parents you have not seen them in years honor them honor them and any denial or any refusal to honor your parents Results not only in the in the breaking of the command, but also in the missing out on a very great promise that the Lord has put your way. And if you miss on that promise, listen, you can't pray your way out of that. You can't pray your way out of honoring your parents. There's some people who say, you know what? Uh, Honest, I don't need my parents because I've got my spiritual daddy. I've got my spiritual authority. I've got my pastor. Listen, a pastor can never give you the blessing of your parent. He can never. He can't. Guys, the pastoral blessing is a pastoral blessing. There's a blessing that is upon the hands of a father and a mother. And even if that father and a mother is a drunkard, they have that blessing. Your pastor, no matter how righteous he is, can never take the blessing from your drunkard of a father from your prostitute of a mother you cannot take it away from your father and mother who are evil and take it upon himself and bless you guys if you honor your pastor but you dishonor your parents you can't heal your life on earth if you dishonor your parents but think you can undo it and think you can compensate for it by just honoring your pastor, you don't get that blessing. You don't get that blessing of long life on earth. You don't get that blessing of having a life that goes well. You don't get that blessing. The people who honor their pastors more than they honor their parents. Honor your parents. Honor your parents. The blessing they have can only come from them it cannot be gotten from your pastor your bishop your prophet (laughs) it can't it's a blessing that can only come from your parents do you honor your parents have you honored them maybe you're saying "Honest, my parents are dead well go in repentance ask the Lord to have mercy on you ask the Lord to forgive you he's faithful and just and will forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness and ask him to give you a new start. Ask him to give you hope. I met a friend of mine who said, "Honest, I didn't honor my parents, and now he's dead. I wish I did it when I was alive. Guys, if your parents are still alive, do something. Visit them, honor them, observe the fifth commandment. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Anes Wamboye. This is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. And for more podcasts that will build your faith and edify you, please head over to www.edify.app. That is E-D-I-F-I A-P-P. Or you could also look for us on the App Store. You could download the Edify app or in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. We'll see you next time.